This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Listening to Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio, Sirius XM 111. Here again is Dan Loney. Welcome back. Hour number two of Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111. Business Radio powered by the Wharton School. Great to have you with us on this Friday. And just a reminder that we are with you each and every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific time. And you can catch us on replays as well. 10 p.m. and 7 p.m. Pacific. All right, the gaming industry may be uh, taking a bit of a turn if the proposed sale of the company that owns the Minecraft video game is bought out by Microsoft. Several outlets have said that serious talks are ongoing, so this shows that the company's value in the video game industry may be tied, in this case, to one single successful game. Wharton professor Kevin Werbach joins us. He's the host of Business Radio's Monday program, The Digital Show. Uh, as we mentioned, also uh, associate professor of legal studies and business ethics here at Wharton, and he joins us in the studio. Great to have you in here. Great to be here, Dan. The deal for Microsoft to try and buy this company from Sweden, I believe they are, that made the that makes the Minecraft game. How close are we hearing that it, that it is? Is it still a ways off? I mean, obviously, we're talking about a lot of finance uh, and numbers that have to be crunched at this point. Is this a deal that's going to go through? Well, you can never be sure when you read these rumors. The the fact that this has now come out in several press outlets either tells you that it's a done deal um, and they're just waiting for uh, the, the signatures to go in the papers, or it suggests that uh, someone is leaking this information from the negotiations, perhaps for leverage. Yeah. So you can't be sure, but um, it sounds like a reasonable deal. Microsoft has a big gaming business built around the Xbox. Yeah. Minecraft is a massive hit game. So it's not unreasonable to think that it would be worth, uh, the company Mojang would be worth about $2 billion, which yeah. is the number that's being bandied around. Whether it actually comes to fruition or not, uh, we don't know yet, but we should know pretty soon. But it's interesting that, you know, besides Minecraft, we really haven't heard, and let me know if I'm missing something here, we haven't really heard anything much about this company other than Minecraft, have we? Well, but Minecraft is a big thing. <laughs> understand that, yeah. But it's not like they have a second or third big game that they have developed. Really, Minecraft is is their big hit. Well, that's true. But on, on two levels, though, um, that's not necessarily a problem. One okay. is, again, Minecraft is a big deal, yeah. um, and it yeah. generates a lot of revenue. Gaming is a hit-driven business, yeah. kind of like the movie industry. I mean, it's sort of like saying, well, James Cameron, well, he's only had two successful movies, right? Titanic and Avatar. Yeah. You know, Why is he that big a deal? Well, each of those made about a billion dollars. Um, yeah. Same thing with gaming. Minecraft has been a massive hit. And the other thing about Minecraft is that it's what's called a sandbox game in that basically it gives players the ability to build anything they want. Sure, and yeah. that's something that, that doesn't necessarily get old. It's not necessarily something that's going to be popular in a particular period of time. It appeals especially to a certain demographic of kids, uh, and there's reason to believe that they can keep that going for an extended period of time. And the other thing that seems like it, it has the potential to be, and and again, I, I don't follow the you know video games. I'm, my kids are basically playing you know games on my phone. But th it seems like we see more and more these days that one particular type of video game that can be branched out 
series into a long series, almost like Star Wars. You know, you have the variety to have a you know six or seven different movies and the TV series, and there's so many different options that you can have running different games year after year after year to be able to make them extremely profitable. That's true, but the story of Minecraft is somewhat different. So okay. Minecraft did not come from one of the established gaming companies. Yep. Either the, the older ones, like Electronic Arts uh, and so forth, or Zynga, or uh, King, or any of these uh, big companies that make games today, it came from a teeny company. Yeah. Uh, and basically one developer, um, a guy uh, who's, who goes by the name of Notch in Sweden, then built a company with a few of his friends. They still only have about 40 or 50 people in the whole company. Yeah. Um, hacking this thing together, putting it out uh, originally. I remember when the first game, uh, Minecraft first came out, it was uh, labeled as a beta version, and uh, it was something like $15. And he just put it out there on a website. And what happened was... Uh, PayPal shut off his account because all of a sudden this one guy in Sweden had like thousands and thousands of people out of nowhere buying this game. They thought yeah. it was fraud. Um, and it just took off from there. So Minecraft is different uh, as a business than most video games and it's different in structure. One reason that the big companies didn't build Minecraft is they didn't think there would be enduring interest in something that seems so simple. I mean, again, Minecraft has no goal there's a there's a version of it you can a uh, mode you can play where you can die but the mode most people play in you just go and build things yeah and that's not something that lends itself to the kind of linear storylines you're talking about it's not yeah. like a movie it's not like a book but it's also incredibly powerful yeah uh, and again that's what makes it potentially so enduring so there's a, a level of simplicity to it that that just it, it has drawn in millions of people around the world Simplicity and complexity. Yeah. So simple primitives, simple uh, objects. You just go in. The game basically has no instructions. You go and dig into the and ground, start. and you you get minerals, and you you get resources. You combine things. You make more things. Has led to this extraordinary flowering of complexity. Uh, yeah. And if you haven't, if you're not familiar with Minecraft, um, go on YouTube and put in Minecraft and look at the things people have built in this. You will be blown away. Yeah. People have built the most. Entire cities, uh, entire uh, movies, even recreated in uh, Minecraft. Um, so even though it's simple and easy to understand, um, it's potentially incredibly sophisticated, yeah. and it hit just at the right time when gaming became a worldwide and a social phenomenon. So the fact that um, kids can go onto YouTube, uh, you know, I have kids that are ten and twelve, and. Yeah. Everyone they know plays Minecraft, and they find out how to do things by just going on and finding other videos made by kids. Yeah. Um, so that whole cycle now is mature, uh, and it's uh, driving the growth of this game. We're talking with uh, Wharton professor Kevin Warbach about uh, Microsoft uh, potentially buying the company that uh, made mi made Minecraft, which would be a big uh, asset to add uh, to its operations. And uh, it's funny, they, they brought out the sales numbers for the video game industry earlier today. Sales were up 8%. And, and this is an industry that has really taken off especially since we've had the advent of the smartphone and, and it doesn't look like smartphone and tablets, but it doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. No. And of course, people have always loved to play games. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, video games have been around and have been substantial for three or four decades now. But as we move more into a digital world where we're interacting with digital devices all the time in different places, uh, on our phones and tablets as we're walking around, at mm -hmm. work, at home, on all these different platforms, 
Um, gaming becomes a very powerful kind of experience. I've said for a while that, that digital gaming or video games, uh, that's the media form of the 21st century. Sure. Um, and it's it's already, by some measures, bigger than movies, at least at the box office. It's much bigger than recorded music. Um, especially because it, it can be, you know, video games can be consumed in so many different ways. Sure, uh, yeah. And that's, again, part of what's exciting about Minecraft. It's not something that you need a super duper souped up video game console to run. There's yeah. a version of it on the phone. There's also a version of it on the Xbox. Yeah. So it, it goes across all those things. I was going to say, yeah, it, it would seem to be. Even if they had a, a version, which obviously they do, it's it's an interesting piece to acquire, I guess, in this kind of global fight between Microsoft and, and Sony with the PS system and, and just trying to just acquire as many good pieces as you can to continue to build your build your numbers. Yeah, there's a small story here and a big story here. The small story here is about the gaming console market, yeah. where, as you said, Microsoft and Sony are the big players. There's also Nintendo, Nintendo with the Wii. Yeah. Those are basically yeah. the three. That's a pretty substantial business. Um, there's the hardware business, where they try to make money, and then there's the software business, the games. And, yeah. and Microsoft has always uh, had a combination of external developers that build games for it, so games like Madden and so forth that are built by other companies. Yeah. And they had their own game studios. Um, so Halo was the, the great... Uh, first title when the original Xbox came out that really lifted it, that was developed by a company that's part of Microsoft. Yeah. So for that business, um, acquiring Mojang and Minecraft is potentially powerful. But that's only part of it. Uh, Microsoft is investing in the Xbox and in gaming as a key part of its larger digital life strategy. Yeah, because they want to try and, and make uh, the, the, the people's lives basically built around the, the Xbox going forward, correct? The Xbox and games in general. Yeah. So um, for one thing, Microsoft has, with the current version, the Xbox One, tried to turn this into a general purpose media device. So it's mm -hmm. got a speech interface. It can control all of your other devices. You can use it to get uh, online content of all different forms. Um, it can run Windows and so forth. So uh, part of it is, yeah, they want the Xbox device to be more than just a gaming platform, to be basically the the touch point, uh, cornerstone in the home mm -hmm. that uh, allows them to get in and, and monetize all their different services and content. Um, but um, also, um, again, this is not limited to the consoles. And as Microsoft tries to differentiate itself in all these markets, they are trying hard to make Windows Phone a success. Sure. They are trying hard to make the service tablet a success. Yeah. Um, they are trying hard to compete. And in many of these industries and, and market segments, they're behind. Yeah. Um, this is potentially a differentiator. Google doesn't really have a big games play, Sure. Um, for example. So um, this is, again, potentially something... Um, that fits into their larger ambitions, not just in the console world. And to be able to put something like Minecraft on all of those platforms, which you just mentioned, would be a, a, a huge step ahead for them in terms of trying to beat their competition. Yeah, no, there's a challenge. And the yeah. challenge is if they said, okay, now Minecraft is exclusive to the Xbox, Right. Um, they would destroy tremendous amounts of goodwill and tremendous amounts of revenue. So right. um, you're going to be able to get Minecraft on all these devices, um, but they do have opportunities, and this is always Microsoft's strategy, what they call embrace and extend, um, where there are things that are available to others and there are others available on the platform, but but they have their own unique access and unique features they offer. Yeah. The other piece of this is Microsoft's trying to be cool. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, Microsoft <laughs> is a company that yeah. people forget just how phenomenally profitable it still is. It's yeah. by no means a failing company. Um, but it's not necessarily an exciting place for people to go to work, the top engineers in the field. It's not necessarily a, a consumer brand that has the sizzle of some of its competitors. Yeah. So Mojang and Minecraft, again, this is something cool. This is something that's on the lips of kids that are 7, 8, 9, and 10 today who are going to be college students the next day yeah. and people in the workplace the next day. You want to get them early. Um, and so potentially, if they're successful, if they manage this brand right, which is a challenge, um, it could uh, give them that that greater exposure and that, that better perception in the marketplace. It is amazing to me that that you see the, the level of loyalty in terms of some of these games uh, when somebody starts playing Minecraft, for example, and they like it and they tell a friend and it's just the the level of loyalty there is is just kind of amazing. Well, it's true, but again, you don't necessarily need one cadre of people who are playing Minecraft steadily sure. for ten years. Yeah, uh, because one thing you know is that uh, every year. Uh, eight-year-olds become nine-year-olds, sure. nine-year-olds yeah. become 10-year-olds. Yeah. So five years from now, even if my, the, the sweet spot for Minecraft is, is sort of the eight to 15 demographic. There's yeah. lots of, you know, it's being used in schools and lots of other things and lots of adults use it too. Um, but it's really that, um, that group um, that, that has just taken to it. Yeah. Five years from now, that'll be a totally different group of people. Yeah. Um, and yet there's no reason to think that that new group of people would not have any interest in this. So even if the the people who are playing it, they age out of it. And again, from Microsoft's standpoint, I think the strategy has to be, well, you get them with Minecraft at that age, yeah. and then there's a platform, okay, now when you're older, we get you onto Halo and Call of Duty and this other stuff, and then sure. we get you onto the Surface, and then we get you into to Word and what have you. Yeah. I think that's the thought. Basically building uh, their brand similar to what a lot of people think that that is the case with Apple, because if you get people onto a smartphone or you get them onto an iPad, then eventually you hope that you're going to get them onto the other as well and maybe an iMac and, and just kind of continue to build that process down down the line. Yeah, I think that's clearly part of the goal. But again, it's, it's not necessarily true that that's going to happen. Right. Um, and so uh, a somewhat cautionary tale, there was a, a game called Club Penguin, a sort yeah. of kids virtual yep. world game, yep. which also came out of nowhere. It was this small Canadian company, these very socially conscious people, and blew up. And and yep. again, when when my kids were were five, six, seven, eight, they were all playing Club Penguin all the time, and all their friends were playing Club Penguin all the time. Disney bought it for a substantial amount of money, yep. um, and Disneyfied it. Oh boy, um, did they! And um, so, in some levels, I don't know the numbers, and and maybe Club Penguin is still successful. Yeah. Um, just in terms of the perception, when I ask my kids about Club Penguin, they say, "Ah, you know, it's it's not fun anymore because now they're doing all these things that you know the, these parties and these tie-ins with the other products and so forth." Yeah. It doesn't feel real to us, uh, you know, kids today are very sophisticated in their media sensibilities. So then there really is a, a fine line that a company has to walk in terms of that when you're when you're trying to market something that maybe you didn't have for a while and you acquire it, you have to be very careful of not going too far. Like in, in the case of your children, they've recognized something that's different about Club Penguin than now with Disney than it was before. Absolutely. And and again, the story of Mojang and Minecraft is so tied in with this 
uh, notion that this was just one guy and yeah. they've been tremendously independent and sort of thumbed their noses at everyone and built this thing and, and been true to their vision. Yeah. Um, and it's incredibly difficult for big companies to act that way, even if they're very smart, very successful companies. And, sure. and the, the, the uh, reports in the press have been um, that Marcus Peterson, the, the, the founder of uh, Mojang, would leave after this Microsoft deal. Yeah. Um, so it might be impossible for them to keep it as a totally independent unit the way it was. Right. And so just, just inherently, um, it's going to lose some of that appeal. Um, but the question is whether they can take it in a, a new direction um, that still uh, reaches out to people and people don't have this sense that, oh, this is just yet, yet another kind of corporate product. one eight four four wharton one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. We're talking with uh, Wharton professor Kevin Warbach about uh, the potential deal of Microsoft buying the company from Sweden that uh, – Mojang that uh, made the Minecraft video game. Uh, interesting. Before, right before we went on, uh, Patty Hall, uh, our producer, uh, handed us an article from Fortune magazine about a young uh, young man who wrote an article to Microsoft, or basically just wrote a little note: "Don't mess, don't mess up Minecraft." And, and you know, it's interesting. It kind of goes back to that 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 loyalty aspect we were talking about. But the question is: is would Microsoft tweak it if if they got it to to change it a little bit or or would they just basically keep it as is because as it is people love it and, and continue to play it well they have to they yeah. have to change it if it's if it's their business and and there someone's running that uh business and they've got a, a pnl and they're competing against other products there are now dozens of minecraft copycats out there yeah. um with different variations so my my son now Barely plays Minecraft. He's the the twelve year old. He plays something called Roblox, hmm. which is a knockoff of Minecraft. That's that doesn't have as much open world flexibility to just build anything. Right. Um, but it has more sophisticated, actually, you know, competitive games built in this kind of world. And there's a whole bunch of these. So Minecraft can't stand still. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, Microsoft. Uh, if they're going to buy it and put resources into it over time, they're going to have to change and develop something. Um, the the challenge is to do that in a way that doesn't scare people off. You brought up an interesting point with with your kids is that kids today are so tech savvy, even when they're you know three and four years years of age, that they do pick up on these things a lot earlier than say the kids did fifteen years ago when we, when we were talking about the video games back then. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they they are so immersed in media and in digital media. Yeah. Um, that they um, very early on um, get the ability to to distinguish and and to, to realize what's happening. They understand that they're marketed to. Um, they take that for granted and and they start to develop a sensibility, a, a kind of uh, critical distance from it. Okay, that's yeah. okay, but I understand what's going on here. But this crosses the line and so forth. So that's that's really a challenge. The interesting thing about Minecraft, though, um, is. It's you know, as a business. It's it's based around gaming, but it's now being used for so many other things. There yeah. there are people building working computers and working hard drives inside of Minecraft, inside yeah. this block world. Um, there's an entire um, business that uses Minecraft in schools to teach programming, to teach all sorts of things, um, social studies. You can go to virtual environments, go to yeah. places, and so forth. Um, so um, the the games aspect of it is really important, and and probably will always be the biggest revenue generator. Sure. But I think what's interesting for Microsoft and and potentially keeping uh, participants involved and keeping people engaged with it 
is that it has the potential to be um, so much more horizontal than most pure games. What do you mean by horizontal? Meaning it, it, kids may use it in school. Oh, okay. Um, right. and, it, and it may evolve into a kind of simulation or virtual worlds tool. Right. Um, again, the thing about Minecraft that, that, that got most people to miss it is it's chunky, blocky. If you've ever seen it, it's not high. It's, it's, it's really low Damn. resolution graphic. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that's not as important. Um, the freedom the world gives you. Our, our, our minds, we sort of fill in the details. Sure. Um, and that makes it so much simpler because you don't necessarily need to be a, a professional artist to build something in sure, it. Sure, yeah. Um, that allows it to be used for so many things. So, so we've heard for a long time about the potential of these virtual worlds, things like Second Life and so forth yeah. that people can go into. They could use for simulation, for social interactions, for business meetings and so forth. Um, but they've never really reached their potential. Um, that's also something Microsoft, by the way, is really interested in. They've got a big communications business with Skype and, and, uh, their various messaging products and so yeah. forth. Yeah. So uh, Minecraft potentially is a, a new kind of virtual environment platform. Yeah. Um, and understanding how people work together in that kind of shared collaborative space is going to be something very important. So then is that kind of, if, if this deal goes through, is that kind of the, the the first step for Microsoft if they acquire the 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 rights to to Mojang and and this game is to try and see how they can kind of play it out in a variety of different forms a variety of different platforms to make it that all encompassing type of 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 game that that can really be just a, a be all and end all for a lot of different things. That's the second step. The first step is figure out how not to kill it. Okay. Uh, and and not and not get kids mad at you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, that's what would kill it. Yeah. Um, and figure out how to just grow it and develop it. Um, in some ways, it's healthy for if a new company comes in and Microsoft can take stock of where is Minecraft today. Sure. And where is it going in a way that maybe the original developers, because they're so tied into what it came from, maybe they can see it in some ways better. But that's that's the first step. And then again, figuring out how to advance it so it continues its its core franchise. Yeah. But yeah, down the road, the question is, um, how can Minecraft DNA fit into every uh, business unit in Microsoft? And, and I'm not just talking about the entertainment division, but sure. every business unit in Microsoft. It's in some ways similar to Facebook, uh, which spent the same amount of money, $2 billion, to buy Oculus Rift, the virtual yeah, reality yeah, company. Yeah. Everyone said what is Facebook doing with virtual reality? And Mark Zuckerberg said, this is an interaction platform. We are a social network, a social utility. We help right. people interact digitally. Yeah. This is a new way that we think will be powerful for people to interact digitally. Um, Minecraft, again, not Minecraft the game today, but Minecraft plus five years uh, or 10 years could be something like that as well for Microsoft. Well, it's interesting because you bring up Oculus Rift because you're you're right. When when that went down, people thought, "What what are they doing here?" But I guess the idea of the virtual worlds and and being able to implement that in in Facebook's belief and where they want to go from there just kind of it potentially opens up so many new doors. And I guess Microsoft's in in this same kind of realm if they can get this deal done to get get to get Mojang. Absolutely. These are big trends that all the major players see. Ga gaming, digital gaming is, is clearly, just by itself, a yeah. mega trend. And with these kind of deals, the, the, the question is always, first of all, um, is it a fundamentally sound deal? Is there, are, are there synergies and so forth? Yeah. Is there, is the bit, and then there's the question of, is the price appropriate? Um, sure. And I, I don't have any great sense without really knowing the numbers about his $2 billion, a, a crazy number. Order of magnitude, it doesn't sound like a crazy number. But again, that, that's a separate question. 
Um, but everyone can see that gaming is big and big for revenue and big for users and so forth. Yeah. Everyone can also see that next generation social platforms are big. Yeah. Uh, multimedia. Again, that's why, one reason Microsoft bought <laughs> Skype and they're involved in, in that as well. So, so this is a big thing everyone sees. Uh, Google is doing this building off of Maps and Google Earth and what they're doing with Android with, uh, with sort of virtual reality and so forth. So every major player in the industry is going in this direction in one way or another. Sure. Um, and so, you know, I think from, from Microsoft standpoint, you know, you line up the big picture and, and you're making a bet. This is, you know, Satya Nadella has not been the CEO that long. Yeah. Um, he came out of the cloud business, um, but he's clearly trying to, to take Microsoft in new directions. Yeah. I think that, you know, assuming these reports are correct, he and his executive team see this as a bet that is worth making. Uh, Throw you a question on a different thing, because um, earlier this week, obviously with the whole Ray Rice thing going on, uh, the Madden NFL game, people are going to take him out of that game because of what's going on right now. From a technical aspect, how tough is that to do that when you're talking about a, a game that involves so many different quote unquote players in, in that in that particular game. Oh well because the game involves so many players and because all of these console games now and most of the the PC and, and mobile games are uh, networked by design, yeah. it's not that hard. So when you buy Madden out of the box, they don't know who are going to be all of the players on the NFL rosters when the season starts. Sure. They, they've got to build the game over the summer, yeah. and all these players are going to get cut. So what they have to do is your your um, game uh, device, your console or whatever, connects to their servers, and the right. servers say, okay, now who's here's who's on the team. And then they can update it and go right That's the- That's already in there. So, right. um, so I don't think uh, fundamentally there's anything terribly tough about that. From a financial perspective, though, it, it really doesn't have any effect on it at all because it's one player out of so many, you know, very popular players within that game. Oh, absolutely. No, this yeah. is this is not Michael Jordan. This is a a well known, successful player, but yeah. it, it's it's not that uh, the the football experience is is different without him. And Madden continues to be the one of the best selling games out there. So it's not you know that's not going to change any any time soon because the brand has been so good for so many years. No, absolutely, and and that's another important phenomenon. Just how much revenue gets generated now off of these digital games. Yeah. Um, it's a big element, by the way, in the, the recent lawsuit um, that was won um, by a group of college players. Yeah, um, yeah. because it, you know, it started off with Ed O'Bannon, who was a basketball player, noticing that he his uh, likeness yep. showed up in a video game, yep. um, and he didn't get a cent for it because it was when he was a college player. So um, this is another piece of this. Um, video games, as part of we're talking about part of entertainment. We talked about how they apply in other business contexts. Um, they also are a huge tie-in with the sports market, which of course is another big market out there. Yeah, Kevin, thanks very much for coming in. Greatly appreciate the information. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.